Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. I want to start with a question. Have you any experience with a person addicted to drugs? Seems like in today's day and age, everyone has either a family member or a friend dealing with some sort of drug addiction or, or has lost the addiction battle. Although why people end up in the horrible situation varies, one constant seems to be universal, and that's the lies. Right? The lies that drug addicts tell themselves, their family members, their friends, and strangers are just staggering, right? Not based in reality. There's no self-awareness, no accountability, and that constant insulting of your intelligence coupled with the fact that that person has no desire to help themselves is usually the catalyst to end that relationship. You just get to a point of acceptance where you accept the fact that you cannot help this person and you cannot trust this person. And I bring this up today because this is how I look at politicians and the media who give them cover as they lie endlessly to our faces and blame us for their actions. So I'm hoping people will start getting to that point as well. I don't think it's just me, right? I hope not. And sometimes I package things in a way that's inflammatory and that's on purpose. I want to be able to highlight the lies so clearly that you can see them and eventually get to the point that I did of we are not going to take it anymore. I am done having my intelligence insulted by people who are actively trying to further their own career at the expense of the people that elected them. We talk about beliefs and philosophies, because if you don't believe in anything, you can be convinced of everything. I believe in the Constitution. I believe in integrity. I believe in accountability. And I use the scoreboard of object reality to judge the successes or failures. Right, we need to start caring about the scoreboard. We need to let that be our guarding light instead of the R or the D initial after a person's name. Now, I bring up the drug addiction reference because I can't understand why we are still listening to those that lied. And worst of all, we keep reelecting them because they have convinced us that the opposing party is the lesser of two evils. You know, how many times are we going to keep banging our heads against the wall and then still be surprised that we get a concussion? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, starting to feel like we are insane. You know, I get angry when I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, and I'm sure you guys do too. If everyone got angry, the lies would end. But if the anger is always divided in half because of your political affiliation, no one will be forced to change. Power does not concede anything unless compelled. We cannot compel the establishment if we are divided. And that's the first realization you need to come to. And secondly, you need to realize the establishment is the real group in power that controls the politicians on both sides of the aisle. Have you noticed that we suffer no matter who has the majority in the House or the Senate? Have you ever noticed that no matter what, they never deliver on anything they promised you in exchange for your vote? So not only did we fail the founders and the framers and undermine the Constitution by engaging in this quid pro quo, 
my my vote for something, but we are we aren't even holding them accountable when they don't hold up their end of the bargain. Look at it this way. I lie to you. I get you to give me your leverage, right? That's your vote. That's the only leverage you have as a, a taxpayer is your vote. So I lie to you to get your vote and I get it ahead of time. So I got what I need to get reelected. What's my motivation to hold up my end of the bargain? I already have what I want and you'll have to wait a few more years to try to hold me accountable for letting you down on, you know, you have to wait for the next election during which time all that space in between, I'm going to be scaring the shit out of you that my opponent is a white supremacist, ultra MAGA, transphobic, science denying Russian who's hell bent on stealing your democracy. So you have to vote for me regardless of my shitty performance. We have midterm elections coming up and that's why this is on my mind. Now, some of those politicians who stood idly by as they shut down our businesses and told us we couldn't earn a living need your vote so they can still have a job. Holy shit, the irony. We need the scoreboard. We need a good memory to hold them accountable. We need to grade our own side like we grade our opponents. We need to be consistent and have integrity. We need to stand for something. So here's a simple call to action. Do not vote for any incumbents who have not lived up to their promises or at least defended your rights, freedoms, and interests. Right? If the re-election of a candidate was a result of their performance, don't you think they would perform for the voters and not their donors? You know, God forbid we did that. That one simple thing can have a big change. Really, Nick? Oh, well, thanks for your curiosity in asking that question. If the politician becomes beholden to the voter for re-election and not their donor, who are they going to serve? The voter. If a candidate knows their job is to help their constituents and, and not their donors, that job will attract the people who are seeking to do the right thing, right? They're not seeking a career profiting off of people who got you the job. The accountability refocuses their efforts towards the citizen's benefit. This is a win-win. Obviously, the citizen's benefit and have a voice, but more importantly, it starts to drain the influence out of politics. Now we're cooking with oil, right? The reason politicians are sought after targets for corruption is because of their influence. They know how laws get passed. They know how to navigate Washington. They do favors for each other's lobbies in exchange for support on their shit. Once the politicians no longer carry the water for the lobbies and do their job, you know, their job is to uphold the Constitution and they're not supposed to be for sale. We as voters need to start by leading by example. Our vote is not for sale. We deserve and demand your best efforts to have the honor to serve us and be our advocate. And if the voters don't care enough, why should the elected politicians care? Right. We've all had, we've all had a job where the boss doesn't give a shit about the company. Are you going to are you going to care? Are you going to go the extra mile if the person in charge doesn't? No. So let's stop sending the same people who have already let us down back to Washington to continue to not advocate for us. What should they be advocating for? Well, truth, really. Without truth, nothing can get identified as a problem, let alone actually solved. 
So if I had to pick my biggest concern that is a threat to our quality of life and our freedom, it's easy. It's government spending. What about the wars and inflation and the global pandemic? Fair enough. But those are symptoms of the bigger issue. We spend too much money. And once we are allowed to spend more money than we have, it quickly goes off the rails. Let's look at the wars, right? Our actual wars and all of the proxy wars that we fight. We get involved into conflicts for two reasons. One, there's too much money earmarked for the military industrial complex so we can keep playing empire and have this mafia style foreign policy. How do you justify a $700 billion defense budget? First, you have to spend all of it and then more and then ask for more. Because if you don't spend all the money, you lose it. So that's the problem with government. Everyone has such a hard on to spend their budget so they get the same amount, if not more, next time. So you get shitty decision making just to spend money. And sometimes in order to spend all of that $700 billion, you got to get your hands dirty. You know, you invade some other countries. But you need the media to manufacture consent so everyone's okay with that. Like after 9-11, we invaded Iraq and Afghanistan because of uh, fucking freedom. Even though most of the 9-11 hijackers were Saudi nationals. So we're going to keep selling arms to Saudi Arabia. We're going to keep helping them commit a genocide against Yemen. But we're going to invade the two sovereign countries. Yeah, that ought to send a message. And more recently, Biden just sent hundreds of troops back to Somalia to help counter the extremist group Al-Shabaab. One, why is that our problem? Two, why? And three, why are you okay with that? Nick, those are extremists that threaten our democracy and have to be stopped. No, we are the terrorists. Can you start having that self-awareness about your own government? Al-Shabaab didn't send troops to the United States to start shooting U.S. citizens. They didn't do that. We did that. We sent troops to their country and started shooting shit. That's war. How about inflation? A result of government spending. Inflation is the expansion of the money supply. Who controls the money supply? The Federal Reserve. A government solution to a spending problem. Spend more borrowed money. Again, it goes back to the money. Follow the money. It's a pandemic. Is that a problem? I don't know. The emergency order is still in effect. COVID money still flying around to all those who play the game. Every COVID case, it's money for Medicare to the hospital. Every COVID test, it's money for Medicare. Every COVID case that's given remdesivir, the hospital gets money for Medicare. Every COVID case on a ventilator, hospital gets money for Medicare. Every COVID death, hospital gets money for Medicare. Every COVID death, the medical examiner gets money for Medicare. This emergency is only continuing because of the financial windfall that the taxpayers are footing the fucking bill for. So I go back. Our biggest problem is government spending. It's killing us. And the media is an accessory to this crime. Again, the truth shall set you free. If we were told the truth by the media, you know, the professionals that are responsible for keeping checks and balances against power, if we were told the truth, we would not be sitting idly by watching this dumpster fire. When the media doesn't do their job, they provide cover to all of those exploiting the system at our expense. Our national debt is our debt. The taxpayers are on the hook for the deficit government spending. In 2008, our national debt was $10 trillion. So 
If you shared that debt over the citizens, it was $35,000 per citizen that we owed. And if you take it the next step further, well, you know, there are kids in there and there are people that don't pay taxes in there. So if you spread it over all the taxpayers, it would have been $99,000 per taxpayer for our national debt in 2008. Today, 2022, we are at $31 trillion in debt. That's my debt. That's your debt. It's $93,000 per citizen now and $247,000 per taxpayer to pay that off. So if everyone just sold their house, we'd be able to take care of the debt. We have tripled the national debt since 2018. That is insane. And the only way you wrap your head around how insane that is, it took us 211 years to rack up the first 10 trillion in debt. And in the last 14 years, we've added $20 trillion in debt. We need to start associating that higher, the higher the debt goes, the lower our standards of living get. Higher the debt, the more interest we have to pay. We being the U.S. taxpayers, you get that, right? The higher your credit card bill is, the more interest you pay, right? Interest rates have gone from 1% to 4% in a very short amount of time. And they're going to be 5% before you know it. So grab your calculator. What's 5% of $31 trillion? That's $1.5 trillion. Even if we stop the deficit, deficit spending today, if we only spent what we collected in taxes, that's roughly $4.8 trillion, and we didn't spend a penny over what we collected, even if we did that monumental fucking feat, we would still increase the national debt by $1.5 trillion every year in interest alone. Are, are you mad yet? Are you shaking your head yet? Now, I'm going to illustrate why politicians always choose inflation over a financial crisis, right? Because those are the two options we have at this point to deal with the debt. We're never going to be able to pay the debt off. So we have to start by acknowledging that. So we either default honestly, where we tell all the bondholders and, hey, sorry, you're not going to get your money that we owe you. Or we inflate the debt away through inflation and keep kicking the can down the road. And then when it blows up, we all throw our hands up and go, oh, we didn't see that coming. Politicians cannot survive a recession or a depression. They can't blame that on someone else. So at all costs, the politicians will advocate for inflation over truth because it's, it's in their best interest. It's the only way they have their job security. Inflation, on the other hand, that seems to be up for debate on who's to blame. Everyone's got their own opinion on it. Why do you think they put such effort into muddying up the waters on what actually causes inflation? Why do you think that was the, one of the first definitions they changed in the dictionary? And why do you think I'm obsessed with pointing out the truth? Because they will tell you that the greedy business owners are price gouging the public and Putin's invasion of Ukraine drove up gas prices. My point is their job security depends on the truth being harder to get to, right? Recession is easy to identify the truth. Inflation, not so much. And that's why they will always choose inflation over recession. That's why we do this podcast, because the mainstream media won't hold them accountable and tell you the truth. You have to rely on a crazy tin hat foil wearing podcasters for that. Hey, Biden just gave a press conference about gas prices and he blamed Putin. Still, we're still doing this. So when I hear that, 
I hear that as an American first. Okay. And as an American, an American taxpayer, I look at the gas price scoreboard to see if that claim lines up with object reality. That's how I know it's true. From the time Putin invaded Ukraine until today, the price of oil has gone down 8%. From the time Biden was elected to the day before Putin invaded Ukraine, the price of oil was up 70%. Regardless of our political party affiliation, let's all agree that that line that Putin caused inflation does not line up with object reality and is not fucking true. If there was any pushback from the mainstream media, he could not get away with the lies and the distractions surrounding inflation. The lies and the distractions are there by design. The media and Wall Street benefit from inflation. They will never expose the truth behind it. The mainstream media helps muddy the waters on who's to blame for inflation. And Wall Street will always advocate for inflationary policies like bailouts and low interest rates and quantitative easing, all the shit that helps them. It feels overwhelming. I get it. But I believe if enough people can start valuing the truth over their political affiliation, if people can start valuing the scoreboard over their political affiliation, if we can do those simple things in our everyday life, hopefully that encourages more people to do the same. And look out, before you know it, we got a bunch of Americans demanding the truth and accountability. Guess what? That's what you'll get. But you have to lose the identity politics and start acting like an American taxpayer. Identify as a taxpayer, right? Identify as a taxpayer who has to foot the bill for all this shit. Instead of identifying as a victim of your political opponent. How about we start there? And one final point on the upcoming midterms. If your political opponent or the political person on the other side of the aisle, if they attack you or your candidate personally, you've already won the debate and the argument. If any incumbent has any real results, they would highlight those and not their opponent's personality traits. Seacrest out. Hey,